All right, it's the 11 Dubcast. John Aginter. I'm not flying solo. You're, you're very lucky in that. I'm not going to sit here and just ramble to myself. Last week, we had Ramsey. This week, uh, we have an even better special guest, somebody who's even higher up on the corporate chain, uh, our CEO, Kevin Harris. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you, Johnny? Well, I'm, I'm doing fine, but I'm a little nervous you know, talking to you because you know, you're, you're obviously so important to the site. And you've been on so many like forms of different types of media with Eleven Warriors, been on TV and on the you know on the radio and all these other things. And I just I don't I don't I don't know what to say, man. I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm I'm shaking a little bit. Oh, it's okay. How do I how do okay? So let me here first of all, not to not to rip on you too bad, but one of the things that I wanted to bring you on for was because I have a couple questions for you, Kevin Harris. Before we get into Ohio State stuff, I have some questions for you. And I never got the full details on this, and I really, really want to know how it went down. And maybe it didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm building this up into my head or whatever. But I know that you and DJ, did you guys do a set, like a comedy set? Yeah, 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 yeah we did. Okay. I need, to, I need to know more details about that, because all I talked to you about it on Slack was like, how'd it go? And you're like, eh. And then I didn't really get anything else other than that. So I want to know how it went. I want to know what you did, where it happened, what kind of jokes you told, everything. So here's the thing, me and DJ, like, neither of us can really be funny on demand, and especially <laughs> DJ. write stuff, I mean, right? Like, you're supposed to I write mean, jokes. Yeah, yeah, I guess, but, like, usually, I don't know, like, usually, like, pe- things that people find funny are just, like, who I am, and yeah. I'm like, oh, like, wow, you're just laughing at me, but, so <laughs> it's harder to, like, present something that's supposed to be funny, Yeah, but, um... I did it and I think I did it successfully like the first the first time I did it one of my friends was doing stand up and uh he was like actually like everyone here is terrible you should for sure come like you don't even have to write anything just come up and talk and so right. that's what I did and people laughed so I was like DJ you got to do it with me next time and he did and um who went first showed, I went first okay yeah, okay that's yeah, smart yeah. move I, on your part I went first and we we put it we put it in the forum on on Eleven Warriors, but I think only like one person came because like we did it really short notice on purpose. Right. Um, yes. Like we didn't want a whole like crew of people just like cheering us on at this shady bar in uh, just north of Lane. It was Scarlet and Gray Cafe. Oh, nice. That's I'm yeah. surprised it's still in business, but that's that's cool. I'm glad Me they're still too. operating. I'm glad they're still working. There were like. There were like a half dozen people there watching us do comedy. No one knew who DJ was, and he was belligerent by the time he went to do his set. And <laughs> honestly, the only thing I remember about it is he got up and introduced himself as Tim Chitters. <laughs> and like I'm dying laughing the entire time. Cause like because like he's bombing it straight up. And like no one gets it at all. And I'm just crying in the corner. And um He's just like telling like like this horribly depressing story as if it's like nonfiction about like I, about just his life, and he just got off the stage and everyone's face is just like, what the hell was that? Like, it wasn't like he went up there and told jokes. Like, it wasn't a skull session. It was like, like honest to god, like one of the saddest stories you could possibly tell. And everyone's like face is just like distraught. Like he just killed a bunch of puppies in front of him. <laughs> and honestly that was that was better that was better than if he would have just been hilarious because like 
I, everyone just got to experience like DJ Burns and they didn't even know it. Like nobody knew right. who he was. Cause if he would have gone up and said like, I'm DJ Burns, there probably would have been like one or two people. They'd be like, Oh, that's the dude from 11 warriors. But right, no, like, right. he, he introduced himself as Tim Chitters and no one know, knew who the <laughs> hell he was. So. Oh my God. Uh, that's pretty good. So, okay. You didn't really elaborate on your, did you have any jokes prepared? Or did you just wing it? I just kind of winged it. I don't even okay. remember what exactly I talked about, but um, uh, enough. Here's my thing: like, I'm not the type of guy that's gonna like make up jokes or like 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 fake life experiences and stuff. Because honestly, sure. like, the the stuff that happens to me in my everyday life is like interesting enough that I can just tell people about it. Because like for some reason, just weird stuff happens to me. So well, just um, being in the general vicinity of Ohio State, you know, the correct weird yeah. things are going to happen to you. You don't really have a choice in that. Yeah. So. so that's that's cool. I'm glad you did that. Do you, you guys think you would do it again or? Oh, I would for sure do it again. I don't know if DJ would. Um, yeah. I bet I bet he would. I bet he would. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd do it again. Um, I just it's not like on my my list of priorities. Like, oh, do stand up. Like, I can for right. sure do it, and I'm not like scared to do it. But like, it's not like my thing either. So. Yeah, I just I just think that's fascinating. I'm glad you guys you know decided to to go all in on that. Um, I'm really sad. I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to get out there. Um, but if you do it again, I'm, I'm all about, I'll wear a Tim Chitters t-shirt. Oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> just write it in like Sharpie on a white t-shirt. Like, I, I love, love Tim you. Chitters. You're my favorite. Just talk him up before the set. Be like, this is the funniest dude. You've never heard of this guy before, but he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, he- that's fantastic. All right, so let's talk about actual sports stuff a little bit. Uh, as much as I would just like to talk about your stand-up comedy uh, for the <laughs> thirty minutes. Uh, so okay, so we had the the national championship in basketball. Okay, Final uh-huh. Four, all that good stuff. Do you have? So here's the thing. All right, I don't have any horse in the race if Ohio State isn't in the tournament. Like I don't really care about the Big Ten doing well, and and they didn't obviously, and. I only really kind of root for chaos, but when you've got the, you know, when you've got two number one seeds in the final, I don't really know that that's something that kind of like entices me. I mean, I watched the game and I was like, okay, whatever, but I don't know, man, like how excited were you for this particular final? How excited were you for the tournament overall? Uh, I mean, I always get excited for the tournament. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like if you fill out a bracket, you're at least like invested in that, even if you don't like care about one particular team. Right. But, uh, as far as the championship game, I actually picked Gonzaga to win it all, so I was excited if they would have won. But honestly, that was the worst game I've ever watched. Like, <laughs> that was the worst <laughs> basketball game I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a couple. I think there's a couple like Wisconsin, Penn State, like you know, forty to thirty-eight bangers that might be a little worse than that. But yeah, it maybe, was. But, I don't oh, know, God. man. It was painful. The The first half was like, okay, like I, I, I can deal with this. Yeah. And then the second half, like just a screeching halt. Like, yeah, it was trestle ball. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From both teams. Weird too, both teams because, were like, well, the game was so close for almost the entirety of it, but you were almost kind of like, you know, we can probably end this 10 minutes early and yeah, honestly, no one's really going to be upset. <laughs> like the teams are just waiting for the clock to run down. So somebody could hit the last couple shots. Yeah. They should have just called it a tie and just tried again tomorrow. Yeah. And it's and it sucks too because here's the other thing. And and look, I am not the kind of basketball aficionado that a lot of other people are. Maybe don't really understand the ins and outs of the game as well. But it just feels like the past I don't know, I don't even know the last time I really loved 
a final in uh, NCAA basketball. You know, anywhere I was like, this is an amazing game. I got to watch this. Like, I, I know you'll have, you know, one or two here or there, but like, for the most part, it just feels like the past, you know, five or seven years, most of them have been lackluster, like not that great to watch. Yeah. What was, what was the one that the Canvas or Kansas uh, Memphis one? Yeah. A couple years mean, ago? <sighs> that one was good. Last yeah. I mean, was pretty good too. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Okay. You're right. That was, that was a good one. Um, but I just, you know, it, it just doesn't feel like, Maybe it's because there just doesn't seem to be that many dominant teams. I mean, it just kind of seems like you're playing roulette when you get to the Final Four the past several right. years. But I just didn't have a lot of, I don't know. I wasn't super pumped about the the, the game itself, mostly because I really I wanted Gonzaga to win, if only because they're not a traditional power. But beyond that, I mean, they're still a number one seed. This isn't like some Cinderella right. story. They've been good for several years. So, yeah. it, you know, it was a game. It happened. It was fun. Uh, yeah. I actually, and this is the other reason why I want to have you on, and we want to talk about this a little bit, but women's basketball might actually have the more intriguing game where you've got UConn, you know, which hadn't lost in, what, like 111 games. Yeah. You know, getting upended finally. Did you watch that game? Yeah, I did. But I didn't get to see it. What did, what did you think about all that? So I think people are under the impression that UConn is better than they were this year yeah. at least. Um, and it's hard to say that they weren't good because they went undefeated throughout the regular season and beat, like, the top like four teams right but um as far as UConn standard this this wasn't the same team as last year that beat every team by like 40 um so I I watched them throughout the tournament um just because I kind of figured I I figured they were actually gonna have to play and in previous previous years like they'd win every game by 20 and it was just kind of like a cakewalk but I just wanted to see what would happen if they were in tournament time with a another desperate team and they had to pull out a win. And that's kind of what happened, and uh, they didn't pull out a win. Um, so I wasn't in the camp that thought that UConn was just going to run through everybody, and I wasn't all that shocked. Um, I was – I didn't think it would be Mississippi State. Uh, I thought I thought if they – I thought they were going to get past Mississippi State and play South Carolina, and that would have been a very good basketball game because yeah. I think South Carolina was – uh, the best team in the country and we saw that when they played Ohio State this year but um, I I thought UConn would get past Mississippi State and um, South Carolina UConn would have been a great basketball game I was a little bit disappointed in fact because uh, I didn't think Mississippi State stood much of a chance to South Carolina well and that's the other thing that I kind of wanted to get to is you know you talk about Ohio State and you know obviously getting just run out of the gym by you know some team like what okay so obviously Ohio State women's basketball is a very good team what do they have to do to get to that point then what are they missing because in the UConn game I mean you could tell that some of the the bigs there were just driving UConn insane like they could not deal with the size of the team that they were playing does Ohio State need something like that do they need some people who are can just like dominate who are like six foot seven who can just swap balls away and you know do that kind of stuff I mean they they've got a couple really good post players. Honestly, the difference is Ohio State just has to buckle down on the defensive end. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure with the style of play that they like to they like to play with that you're really gonna see that. Um, they like to play fast. They like to. Ohio State plays basketball like Oregon plays football. Um, <laughs> they they know they have superior athletes at almost every position. And if they maximize the number of possible possessions per game and play really fast, they feel like 
that's just going, the numbers are just going to carry over and they're going to win the game. And that doesn't work when the team is equal to you, just like you see in Oregon football. If the team you're playing has similar athletes, then you actually have to buckle down and play a real game of basketball. And um, I think when Ohio State has to do that, it doesn't really work out for them. And you know what? This is going to be a really, really weird analogy, but having watched, you know, several Ohio State women's basketball games, it almost reminds me a little bit and, you know, maybe I'm just stupid, but a little bit of like Steve Nash with the Suns. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they're just going to try to run you out of it. They're just going to score as many points as they possibly can and then hope the other team is able to catch up. Right. And I mean, a lot of people complain that Ohio State's defense is atrocious and they just point to uh, point to point totals how many how many points are scored and um like while you have a point i really wish adjusted numbers were more available in the women's game because if you adjust for number of possessions per game ohio state's defense is far more average than it is bad yeah and um i think a lot of people have a have a hard time grasping that and don't really want to look at that but like sure ohio state's defense is not as good as it should be or could be but it's also not as terrible as you think it is. Well, and that, and honestly, I mean, if, if you're looking for an alternative to Ohio State men's basketball, you know, to enjoy little hoops, I don't. <laughs> I think that's that's picking at nits. You know, like obviously, the Ohio State women's basketball team is much more successful right now and has been much more successful in the past several years than the men's basketball team has. So, you know, I think they're a fun team to watch. I, I like the way they play. I think they're well coached. And, you know, I mean, I, you want to see him make a Final Four and, and do some fun things, but, you know, hopefully that'll come in the next couple of years. Do they have any, any, any guys coming up, any people coming up who are going to be really, really good that might, you know, do the same kind of things that they've seen from some really excellent players in the past, like, three, four years? Um, they, didn't, they didn't take anyone in this class because, McGuff, there's a couple kids in, uh, in the next class from Ohio, top 50 yeah. kids that uh, – McGuff saving those those spots for, um, but they only lost one senior, so their right. entire starting lineup is coming back. Um, yeah, basically the exact same team. And the problem that they had early was um, was basically they had six new players and none of them really meshed, and so it just took a while to get that whole chemistry thing figured out. But then once they did, they rattled off like something like fifteen out of sixteen and won the Big Ten championship. So. Um, I think with a whole season of playing together, uh, you're going to see a very, very good team next year. Cool. And that's in honestly, like I know people aren't like super wild about, you know, women's basketball sometimes, but honestly, like it's, it's an intriguing sport. Uh, I have family members who are, uh, you know, women's uh, high school, women's basketball coaches, and they're very successful and it, they work just as hard as anybody else. It's still an intriguing game to watch. And obviously, you know, when you, you see what happened with UConn, I think there's a lot of uh, drama there as well. So I think it's cool, and I hope they do really well next year and, and maybe make a little bit more noise in the tournament. All right, so let's let's shift over to, to football. We've got spring practices going on. I don't think any huge surprises. I think <laughs> if people were trying to write off, you know, J.G. Barrett for some reason, I don't know that they have any reason to even attempt anything like that. Yeah. Uh I don't, you know, is there anything from spring that really like shocks you or surprises you or any, any story that you're like kind of following real closely? Because for me, I mean, I want to see the defense continue to do what they were able to do, especially after the amount of attrition they have in the secondary. But I don't know, man. Like, I just think it's pretty, I think it's kind of a, a quiet, you know, stable spring. And I think that's what you want. Yeah. Um, 
I think the the position of like most concern. I remember this a few years ago too. The position of most concern is place kicker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when that happens, like that's that's a good sign, like for sure. Uh, when when you're you're most concerned about who's going to be kicking the extra points, but um, yeah, I think I think the only thing I'm watching really closely is uh to see who ends up starting alongside uh alongside Denzel Ward. Um, I thought. Uh, Kendall Sheffield would immediately come in and and be that um, be that other corner, and he's oh he's a scary looking human. Yeah, um, but he uh, Damon Arnett has um has has looked good, and uh, honestly, it looks like if you're gonna have a three a three corner rotation, it'll be Arnett Ward and Sheffield. So it's just a matter of who's gonna like technically start. But um, I mean, start is used in air quotes there because. Uh, Ward, you could consider him a starter last year. He played just as many snaps as um, Conley and Lattimore in, in meaningful minutes. So it's and just... that's the other thing. So I, I think that's really important that you said that because one of the things that I really have, lo- has, have loved about what the coaching staff has done is when they know that they're going to be losing dudes, they make it a point to bring in guys on, in a series or two or, you know, like in, in maybe non-critical like games, and they get those guys as many game reps as they possibly can. Like, I, I, part of the reason why I think they do so well year to year is because they have guys who are technically, like, they're, they're first-year starters and things like that, but the amount of time that they have is way more advanced than what a lot of these other guys have. And I just think that's really good for the team overall and helps create this continuity that I, I constantly talk about on this, on this program. Yeah. So. Den- Denzel Ward was uh, talking about that. Um, he said like the way, the way the defense shook out, he was coming in the second series, like no matter what, like regardless of how well Lattimore Conley played, like he was coming in the second series. It was part of the game plan and like his reps were determined. Like it, that was just his role. Just he just happened to not play the first series. But um, if you look at the minute disparity and the snap disparity, uh, and even deflections, he led the team in passes defended. Yeah. Um, so he's not. You're not really replacing the uh, two starting corners. Like you have a starting corner returning, and even even Damon Arnett. Like um, people are probably concerned with that because he got roasted a little bit out of the out of the nickel position. But um, he played a lot of snaps too. Yeah, so, did. and then add Kendall Sheffield to that, who started at JUCO and um, is honestly game ready. You've got you've got three corners who honestly might be draft ready at the end of next year. So it's it's insane that to think that Ohio State could lose two probably top ten like top fifteen yeah. picks uh, at cornerback and be just fine the next year. But honestly, that's what we're looking at. And another thing is. Um, I think people are quick to forget that Lattimore almost didn't start overboard. That wasn't decided right, until like right. the week the week before before uh, um, the game started, it, and there was an or next to their name the entire uh, year. Mm-hmm. So, if they're that close, if he's that close to a uh, top five pick, I think people should be very optimistic about that. Yeah, I'm I'm really high on the defense right now. I mean, the offense, I think you know. The wide receivers you still have to be a little bit wary of, especially in the spring. You're gonna see, you're probably gonna see a couple of really great catches in the spring game, and people are gonna be like, yeah. "Oh, Ben Victor!" You know, they're gonna get yeah. real excited about somebody, and then 
nothing. So I, you know, it's it, that's one where you have to be a little wary about. But then I, I was just looking, you know, I was reading, uh, I was reading uh, Eric's like kind of report, you know, and on some of the things that uh, Urban was saying today, and I was looking through the quotes, and one of my favorite parts about this was like he's talking about Chris Morley having a heck of a spring, uh, Damon Webb's having a very good spring. Uh, let's see, what was one of the other quotes here? Basically talking about the the defensive uh, the defensive ends and how much like you know we'll be as good as anybody in America. And then you yeah. scroll down and you look at where he talks about uh, Sean Nuremberger, and he's like, he's okay, <laughs> he's okay, yeah, he's fine, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, you know, I mean, you've got you got you know a guy coming in the summer, and that's cool. Um, if the offense doesn't click and if you have the same kind of problems that you did last year, the kicking game suddenly becomes a lot more important, but hopefully you have a situation where you're only kicking maybe 10 to 15 field goals the entire season. You don't have to worry about it. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. The other thing that you talked about on the 11 Warriors report today was the, uh, the punting situation, which I mean, you lose a guy like Cameron Johnston and it's just, (laughs) I, I think, you know, were he a player during the Jim Trestle era, that guy would have been like plastered all over Columbus. We'd have shirts of him. Yeah, you know he would be the 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 next folk hero that you know emerges from Ohio State. But uh, yeah, you know, because it's really he- hard. It's really hard to quantify like what punters do. Yes, but like if you look at the hidden yards that he had in like games that mattered, him just shifting field position, yeah. like it, it's pretty insane. Like even. Honestly, he was the MVP of the first half of uh, the Michigan game. Yeah. Like straight up. Straight Absolutely. up. He accounted, he accounted for more yards than like the rest of the offense combined, just in flipping field <laughs> position. And um, I, like, I, know, I know people don't like pay attention to that or really understand that, but like missing somebody like that is, is insane. Um, so, I mean, they got Drew Krishman and, and he's – He's a great punter too, but it, he's not going to be Cameron Johnston immediately. No. So. I mean, he can. I mean, yeah, and, and Drew can really. I mean, he can destroy the the football, but it's yeah. it's more about positioning. It's about being able to drop it inside the ten or inside the five, like he was able to do. Um, right. And that's that's like you said, that's just completely invaluable. So I don't know. Interesting storylines going through camp. I don't think there's any shockers, but it'll still be kind of interesting to see how some of the younger guys step up into veterans' roles. Um, your, your boy Tate Martell seemed to, you know, he's turning the light on a little bit. Uh, yeah, Urban said he had his best, uh, his best practice over spring yeah. of spring in the, in the uh, scrimmage. So put some lifts in his shoes and he'll be able to stay over the offensive <laughs> line. Good. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, obviously I want him to, I want him to be really good. I, you know, if you get a situation, get another Johnny Manziel or something on your hands at Ohio state, I think that'd be pretty baller, but. He may yeah. have to wait a year or two uh, to really try to, you know, prove himself or or possibly shift positions. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, um, yeah. But in any event, you know, spring practice rolls on. We've got the spring game, I believe, on the 15th. Is that correct? Yep. That's, yeah, that's so that'll correct. be coming up. $5. I love the spring game, and I love that oh, it's $5. What is, didn't one year they, they, like, raise it to 15 or something insane? Yeah, um, they, raised it, they raised it to 15. Um, I think – my freshman or sophomore year so like three completely years ridiculous yeah i think well they ended up uh they ended up actually um like like uh changing it and changed it to five dollars at the last minute right. and they offered they offered anyone a refund and then anyone who didn't 
get their refund they made like a they donated all the money to a charity or something like that right. so i think they realized like midway through like yeah we can't charge 15 dollars for this um, i mean the biggest thing about the spring game what makes it so great is not only is it like you know just a fun way to see football in the spring but for a lot of the people who attend the spring game that's the only chance they'll ever get to see ohio state football in the shoe like they yeah. don't they can't afford to take a family of four or five to a you know even a crappy game in September. So I just think it's a really good thing for the community. I think it's a really cool thing for Columbus. And it's, you know, a nice bit of bragging rights when you bring in like almost 100,000 people or whatever right. to see a practice, right? Usually a pretty bad practice at that. So yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I think it's cool. I hope, uh, I don't know. I, I hope we get a huge crowd that comes out and I hope the weather's nice and, you know, people can enjoy it. Yeah. So. That's pretty much that's 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 what's going on with sports. <laughs> um, no. But let's do a little ask us anything, Kevin. Are you prepared to answer the questions that our listeners have provided us? Oh God, I hope so. I know you are. You're you're an intelligent young man, and you're always prepared for this. Uh, ask us anything. By the way, you guys can ask us anything by sending us questions um, to dubcast at elevenwarriors.com or at eleven dubcast on Twitter. This is from our good friend, uh, Louie, who's been sending us a lot of really like, you know, um, I don't know, just a lot of really insightful, thoughtful questions. And I appreciate this. So he says, hello again, most knowledgeable of dubcasters. This, <laughs> very formal. Yeah, this right. question is more personal in nature. My beautiful girlfriend, who, in my humble opinion, ranks on standard dude metrics around a 9.2, has incomprehensibly agreed to move in with me. Now, my mother always told me I was the most handsome baby boy on earth, but I have a feeling she may have been biased. Regardless, let's just say that I am definitely the one reaching up in the relationship. To complicate matters worse, I live in Phoenix, and she is moving from Minneapolis. So oh. she is definitely the one taking the major risk. This will be my first time living with a significant other. Oh, boy. And I am just wondering if you have any sage advice about how not to screw this up. P.S. Aren't moms the best? How can, how can Louie avoid screwing this up, Kevin? This is important. Uh, you can't. You can't. You have to get this answer correct. You're you're gonna you're gonna trust a 22 year old who barely takes <laughs> care of himself. He thought he question. was trusting this to Bo. So yeah, yeah. To be fair, Bo probably uh, would have been able to answer, dude. I, no, Bo? I think you. I think you can provide some good insight. I, I mean, you may not have personal experience, but maybe hypothet hypothetical experience. Yeah, I mean, ah, uh, I think, I think the. Uh, the main thing, and I, I can even just take this away from just living with. I have roommates. It's kind yeah. of the same thing, you I guess. With people. Just don't suck. I mean, <laughs> like, like there's don't some things. Like, yeah, there's there's like fundamental things that um that you're not going to be able to change about you that like uh that you probably shouldn't even try to change, and that she's just going to have to deal with. But like, right. as far as like things that you can put effort into, just not like eating a dick about like like cleaning your dishes like uh <laughs> pick up your stuff and um i don't know i like i have I have a couple messy roommates and um just having to deal with with their crap is annoying because i also have to deal with my crap so right i guess that would be my advice is to just realize that you are now sharing your life with another human and uh not everything is about you anymore so that's that's really insightful, Kevin. That's actually really good advice. I think that's I think that's excellent. You shouldn't have talked down to yourself. I think I think Louie can definitely take something from that. 
I hope uh, so. By the way, congratulations, Louie, for doing that. I think that's really cool. Um, I moved in with my now fiance, um, gosh, maybe about two and a half years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, maybe around three. And I think, I mean, I think what you said is really important. I think it is just don't be a douche. I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. But I also think it's really important to just understand that the other person is going to be just as weird as you in many ways. And that's part of the spice of life is enjoying the fact that you are a giant weirdo and you've got like all kinds of insane proclivities that have developed over the years as you've lived by yourself. And they've probably gotten really bad. Like (laughs) I did some really just like, do you watch Bob's Burgers at all? I've seen it. Okay. Well, in Bob's Burgers, Bob likes to talk to uh, himself and to like, the food that he's preparing a lot. I definitely did that. I made voices for like spoons and cereal bowls and, you know, boxes of cornflakes and whatever. So I, you know, you develop that. And then when people move in with you, you start to realize how insane you are. Just accept the fact that you're a big weirdo and that they're going to have those same insane proclivities and just enjoy them together. That's what makes it fun. Like people, you know, who are in a relationship like that, I think um, just have to kind of enjoy each other and realize that nobody's perfect. We're all insane, weird people on this insane, weird planet. You just got to roll with it. And we got a cat and we got a dog and they're also insane and it's okay. Like it just, you just got to accept it and it works out. So again, congratulations. Uh, congratulations. Good. Congratulations, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. Um, <laughs> by the way, props to her for moving from Minneapolis to Phoenix. Yeah, right. That is a hike. That is one hell of a, a transfer uh, in, yeah. in environment. So good for her. I mean, she... I, th- I think she's getting the the deal there though, because Minneapolis would suck during the winter. Oh yeah, so, I don't. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't like hot weather. You know, I don't want to die from scorpions and and you know heat stroke. But on yeah, the other hand, I don't wanna, in... yeah, I don't want to freeze in a snowbank either. So I don't know. Interesting. Um, okay, next question. This is from our good friend Alvin, who always writes in very good uh, uh, questions, uh, which I think you might have even met Alvin before. I have met Alvin. Yeah, Alvin's a good dude. Alvin yeah, wants is. to know, uh, what's the best fried chicken? Oh, huh. Not necessarily in Columbus, just period. Huh. This, see, it depends on what you consider fried chicken. Remember remember the great chicken I consider chicken, chicken that's fried fried chicken. Oh, do you remember the great chicken tender debate? of uh yes, of our I, okay, yes i do remember that yes i do so like like we talking chicken tenders or are we talking like like pieces of chicken like fried you know okay i'm gonna say any kind of chicken that's been breaded and fried how about that hmm. that actually makes it harder um could be a tendy could be a tender i don't care i think this is this is kind of upset city but i'm gonna go with um I, there's there's a grocery store in Georgia called Publix. It's like in the it's a it's a oh, southern yeah, yeah. grocery store. I mean, we're, um, we're we should all be very aware of Publix. I think at this point, really? Well, stealing crab legs and all that other good stuff. Oh I mean, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I'd go with Publix fried chicken. I think that's my favorite because it's relatively cheap too. Okay, um, and it's it's like it it's good for sure. I mean, you're from Georgia, so I can't really. Well, you're not. I mean, you've been in Georgia. Where are you? You're not originally from Georgia, though, right? I moved um, from Springboro, the Springboro Centerville area, right. uh, to Georgia in 2005, and I went to junior high and high school in Georgia. Okay, so. that's what I thought. Um, 
Yeah, so I would say, you know, at least as somebody who's spent a, certainly a decent amount of time in the South, I think you would probably have a better insight into the quality of fried chicken than maybe I would. I would say, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of good places. Like Popeye's, I, I still love Popeye's. Popeye's I, is good for sure. I grew up on Lee's Famous Recipe, but it, as it's I've good. gotten older, I realized that that was just kind of a, you know, Stockholm Syndrome thing. And yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I'd eat it, and then I'd spend the next three hours on the toilet and be like, what's going on? Why do I – why does this keep happening? <laughs> and then I got older, and I was like, oh, it's, it's poison. It's killing me. Um, I shouldn't eat there anymore. Uh, you know, Popeyes is a big fan. Of, I actually have a student. This is really – and I'm going to plug him a little bit. I have a student who oh, his okay. entire That's goal is to be the chicken king of Columbus. And he is the co-owner, along with his family, of something called the Cluck Wagon. And if you guys ever see the Cluck Wagon rolling around Columbus, I really recommend you guys try it out. They have great chicken sausage. They've got great chicken and waffles. It is, it's actually legitimately really good. I'm not just like blowing smoke up people's butts. It's, it's awesome. There's also a food truck up here called Maya's Fried Chicken, which I've never gotten the chance to have. But every time I see it, and it's rare, there's like a line like a quarter mile back uh, trying to, to get their stuff. So I'm going to have to try to, I'm going to hunt them down this summer when I have some free time and I'm going to get some Maya's fried chicken. We're going to see how that goes. So that would be, that would be my choices right there. If you want to go, you know, pretty standard, I go with Popeye's. If you can find it, go for the cluck wagon. And if, you know, some rare vision occurs on the horizon and you see Maya's fried chicken, I say go for that too. So. <laughs> uh, that's ask us anything. We got two questions. I got one about someone moving across the country. Uh, we got a question about fried chicken. So I love those types of questions, and I want more of those types of questions. So I am going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to encourage you guys to keep sending those in. Remember, dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast. And um, you know what, Kevin? I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about all things Ohio State and stand-up comedy and fried chicken because I know, I know it was kind of like last second, and I just appreciate you, uh, you know, Spending this Tuesday evening with me. Oh, of course. What else would I do? <laughs> I don't know your homework. I don't know. <laughs> homework. Homework. You think I come to play school? That's right. I uh, hopefully not. I mean that that's not the way to have fun, obviously. Yeah, um right? so here's the thing. This is something we used to do back in the day, and and I want to revive it a little bit, uh, Kevin. So I w- I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. Here's how we're gonna do this. I'm gonna ask you a question. And then you're going to ask me a question. And while I, while I ask you this question, I want you to be thinking of your own a little bit. Um, but it could be any question, anything off the top of your head. Just pontificate, whatever, okay? So okay. I'm going to ask you this one, right? What is your most beloved childhood movie? Movie? Huh. Huh. Like, I was a Milo and Otis kid, right? And I watched Land Before Time probably a gajillion times. Um, yeah. Dino Riders, I had a VHS of Dino Riders that I probably just wore completely out. Honestly, I think it depends on how old you consider a child, but I was like <laughs> Well well, here's the thing. I um I had four older brothers and sisters. Oh wow, okay. So like, so like my movie preferences progressed like probably a lot sooner than other people's did. Sure. So like I loved Star Wars. Oh like, okay. I watched I watched all of the Star Wars. I grew up on Star Wars, really. So, yeah. like, I wasn't... I didn't stay on, like, the the uh, traditional, like, kids' movies for very long because I wanted to do what, like, my older brother was doing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if I had to say something... 
if I had to pick, I would probably go with uh, go with Star Wars. I mean, that's an excellent choice. And uh, let me tell you one more that uh, I had that I watched incessantly when I was a kid. I used to watch Top Gun all the Ooh. time when I was like five, six, seven, eight years old. But it's not really inappropriate. Like if you watch it unedited, right. like it's not really a great movie for little kids, impressionable young children. And so what my parents would do is they fast forwarded through all like the swears and the the sex scenes and the homoerotic, you know, beach volleyball and you know, like all the other stuff. So and, all like, you got was stuff. fighter pilots. Say again. So all you got was just like fighter pilots and explosions. Yeah, and I thought it was awesome. And so here's yeah. the thing though, like when I watched it when I got older though, when I got a little bit older, I watched it again and they let me watch the just all the way through. And Goose dies. I know Goose died. <laughs> I just thought he just like left. I just thought he just got out of the picture. You know, you I just got to like playing stuff in the new box and like, hey, they're best friends forever. And when I saw that happen, I like had a break. I was like, no, he was my favorite character. <laughs> That's and great. Guys, and my parents, like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad they shielded me from that because I wanted huh, to be huh. goose. Um, but you know, poor posture and and weak, you know, a weak upper body and and completely, you know, terrible eyesight uh, made that kind of an impossibility, but. Yeah, so that kind of that kind of ruined it for me. But yeah, Top Gun was definitely one of my big time movies when I was a child. All right, do you have a question for me? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier, me and a couple okay. friends. Um, and it's harder it's harder to answer than you think. If you could meet and befriend for life any celebrity, <laughs> who would it be? Okay, does the celebrity have to be living or dead? Uh, living right now. Okay, living right now. Okay, that's good. That's that that helps me narrow it down a little bit. Any celebrity living currently that I would like to befriend for life? Yeah, you have to meet and befriend. Like, you can't, like, you got to, like... Okay, so I have to put in the effort to befriend them. Right. They're not going to just, like, say, hey, Johnny, let's be best buds for life. I have to, like, put in the effort to, like, actually talk to them, hang out with them. Correct. And, like, they'd reciprocate, of course, but, like, you got to put in the effort like you would, like, a normal friendship. And you got to, like, like, deal with the normal friendship things (laughs) about, like, you know, you know. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, it's your turn to pick up the check. Oh man, I don't know. Right, right. Stuff you're like worth that. thirty five million dollars. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's the weekend. Yeah. Um. God, that's a hard one. I, you know, I keep going back because I love like superhero movies, and I keep going back to like superheroes. I want to be friend Hugh Jackman, right? Because okay. not only does he have like kind of the geek cred, which I seek out, but he's Australian, meaning he's got a cool accent, right? He also is like a badass. Like he's really cool. Like he's a big dude. He's a cool dude. So he could be really cool if you're like going out on the town or whatever. And I just think he's he seems like a bro. He just seems like a cool guy to hang out with. I think Hugh Jackman would be a good bro to have. Like I think that's the guy I would want to actively make an effort to befriend and hang out with. Okay, I can see. What that. did who did you pick? What did you pick? I think I landed on um, Chris Pratt. Ooh, okay. That was going to be kind of one of my backups. I think Chris Pratt's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I felt, I felt like he'd be entertaining. The problem is like a lot of the people that you choose are actors. Right. So like you choose them based on like their on-screen persona. So like you could choose them and they'd end up just sucking in real life. That's but true. I think Chris Pratt's pretty safe and Hugh Jackman seems pretty safe too. So. Yeah. Not, not super douchey. Plus Chris Pratt's married to Anna Ferris, So like, they're both really funny people. I think that'd be yeah. a cool, like double date. That would, that'd be kind of fun. I think that'd be enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, I think it's weird though, that we both like, you're right. You do kind of snap to celebrities. I mean, there's all kind of like the queen of England might be a really fun person to hang out with. I don't know. Like yeah. 
there there are a number of people that maybe we don't automatically think of it might be really fun to hang out with, including Kevin Harish and John Aginner. So if you guys want to befriend us, if you see us in line at a breakfast place and you want to say hi, please do that. We would love to have a conversation with you guys. Yeah, so, at Arby's. I'll be at Arby's. <laughs> yeah, at Arby's, wherever. Yeah. Uh, if you recognize our voices and or our faces. Faces might be a little weird because you probably don't see those as often. But if you recognize our voices, just just say hi. We would love to say hi back. Um, Kevin, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll we'll have Bo back next week, but the memories will remain forever. So thanks so much, dude. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. <laughs>